podcast. My name is Ryan Vanell, and alongside me is Elijah Spann. Make sure you guys check us out on our brand new website, www.gtdsports.com, where you can catch up with all our brand new podcast episodes and blogs. And our podcast is also on Spotify and Apple Podcasts now, so make sure you check us out there. And follow us on Twitter as well, at GTD underscore sports. You can keep up with our personal accounts on Twitter as well. I'm over at at RyanBunnell8, and Elijah is at at ElijahSpans. And if you want to keep up with all of our sports betting picks, make sure you follow us on the Action Network app. You can just search us by full name there, and that'll let you keep up with our daily picks and see how we're doing. Last but not least, subscribe to the brand new GTD Sports newsletter uh, to make sure you get emails on all of our brand new podcasts. We got a great episode planned today. We're going to get into it. We're going to talk about a recap of UFC Fight Night. We're going to talk about the NFL Championship Sunday, get into the quarterback carousel this offseason, which is looking super crazy. We're going to talk about how NBA is handling COVID like shit. It's terrible right now. And we're going to talk about something a little bit sadder, Kobe's one-year anniversary uh, from his tragic death. And last but not least, we're going to cover top it off with uh, Jake Paul is officially fighting Ben Askren now. All right, let's go ahead and get into it, Elijah. How are we feeling about UFC? Um, Not great. Not great. Not great at all, man. No, awful, actually. Uh, Conor McGregor is a liar and a thief. And no, you can't say a liar. Be, what do you mean? He should be persecuted. I mean, not a liar. I, I feel lied to, okay? I feel lied to because he's he just he fought so terribly. I mean, he was so bad. He got his ass kicked and like he won the first round or whatever. Yeah. But like I think they were talking about like scoring like he could have won it he should have won it by even more because of how he just decided to just not defend himself and just only swing. And then by the second round, he was already... I mean, I mentioned it before in a gambling podcast that, that he gets tired. I mean, you could see in the second round, he was already gassed. And he was just letting Poirier just beat the fuck out of him. So, like... Well, Connor, um, Connor's known for getting gassed pretty quick. So, what I was mad, kind of like you said, is how he fought in the first round. He wasn't very aggressive at all. He kind of held back. Even whenever he got good strikes in, he was landing good jabs, good strikes. But he wasn't following up with them. He would hold back, it seemed like. And then he did get gassed, so... It was really sad to see, though, because Poirier literally, like, as soon as Connor ducked down, Poirier just caught him, like, perfect timing with that right hook. And it just, you could see it in his eyes. He was out. Like, he just, like, looked back and, like, fell. But, yeah, I, I almost did something really, really stupid. I, uh, right before the fight, I was chilling with some friends, drinking, you know, having a good time. Thought it would be a good idea to place all my money on Connor McGregor. Oh, thankfully I did not. I had about oh my god. Yeah, I had about like six hundred bucks credit on uh, my betting app, and I was like, you know what? Fuck it. There's no way Connor loses. There's no way. Like it's free money, uh-huh. right? And my friends talked me out of it. Thankfully, thank God. Yeah, dude. Oh, it was that would have been a bad night for me. I had fifteen bucks on him in a parlay. I made a. I I did like him in the under in a parlay, and um. So it was fifteen to win fifteen. When I lost, I wasn't. I wasn't totally. Yeah, I mean that's not pissed a, off. Not a total nightbreaker. But, but also like, the I would also like to say that the alliteration bet hit. 
AA versus ZZ, AA1, of course, the, with uh, being the initials. I was super hyped about that. Wish I put more money on it, but I didn't. I mean, it's a proven strategy. It's a proven strategy, so, you know. Yeah, I went I went 0-3 we on uh, our UFC predictions on our gambling podcast. Yeah. It was a rough night for me. Maybe I should uh, ditch the research and just hop on this alliteration shit. Just you gotta you gotta think outside the box, okay? Yeah, you gotta get you gotta creative. Th- you with gotta it. get yourself, and if you think you're in the box, get outside of it, and then kind of get maybe distance yourself a little bit more, okay? Because the wackier you get, because betting's fifty fifty, so the more dumb shit you think of, honestly, I think the better. Because at the end of the day, it's fifty fifty. Like that line of thinking could either get it to you just as well as all the research in the world could. Kind of like that SNL. Remember that SNL sketch about March Madness? Yeah, um, I think so. Where it's it's the the housewife next to the um, next to the analyst, and she's like, "Oh, you got this." The the guy's like, "Oh, you got this right, Pe- Peggy." Like, what'd you do? She's like, "Oh, the they're the terrapins, and I love turtles." And it's like, "You got this one wrong, Mark. How do you feel about that?" Like, you know, <laughs> yeah, I've seen a lot of stuff like that too, in like videos uh, of people using their pet, like their cat, to pick their bet for the night like i saw for the nfl championship games over the weekend somebody had their bird fly over and like grab something that had the first touchdown scorer i mean they got the pick wrong but it was still kind of fun to see so other stuff like that my favorite is uh the tinder the tinder ones have you seen those oh where they they swipe up on girls and they ask for a lock Yeah, yeah or they just say um just pick one, dolphins or bucks, and they just I mean they're like what? And like they're just go just pick one. It's for football. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> and I, mean, they, I think that they're like they have a pretty good record. Let's just say that. <laughs> Dude, I mean I should try that maybe. Yeah. Well, other I mean, than Conor McGregor, I had a I laid a bit of wood on another fight too. Uh, the undercard it was still on the main event, but Dan Hooker. Uh, he was fighting Michael Chandler, which I thought Hooker was a lock. I did my research. I thought he was going to knock him the fuck out. But Michael Chandler is a dog. He came over from the Bellator. Dude. This was his first official UFC fight. And he looks like he's going to be dangerous in uh, the lightweight division. He already called so, out Conor McGregor, bro. So what is the Bellator again? The Bellator is basically like, I mean, the UFC is the biggest MMA organization but Bellator yeah. is essentially like second tier. It's like the next next level. But they're not yeah, they're not related in any way. It's not like you move up to the next. They're their own separate. <laughs> yeah, I know what you're saying. He looks he looked badass. Yeah, I'll say that. He beat the shit out I of mean, him in like two minutes. He was nimble. He did that fucking backflip after he beat the shit out of Hooker. Yeah, I thought I he mean, was gonna get hurt on that man. I mean, and he also just looked built. Like he just looked like he could whoop some ass. Like. It didn't matter that Hooker had more reach and more height on him. Like, the dude was just, I mean, he was stocked, ready to go. Like, he looked, like, I remember you tell me about it, too. Like, all the numbers, like, yeah, like, when you look at the numbers for that fight, you would say, oh, Hooker's your guy. But when you put them side by side, I'd take Chandler, like, way more than I'd take Hooker. Yeah, he looked crazy in there. Like, yeah, you he looked see crazy in, in there. He's, I, mean, he, I mean, he fought really well. It was a really good fight. Um, really entertaining fight for however long it lasted, and but yeah, wow! I can't believe he for his UFC debut. Like what a debut! I'm excited to see him fight again. Yeah, for real. Hopefully, I'm curious to see where Dana's gonna put him because I mean, if you saw his post uh, post fight speech or interview type thing, 
he uh, called out Conor McGregor and Khabib. So it's a little risky for your first fight to be calling out the Kings like that. But I think he could. it would be a good fight if he fought Conor, honestly. But Whoa. I think he would get his ass kicked by Khabib. Oh, yeah, for sure. Nobody's beating Khabib. Yeah, Khabib's but, on a different um, level. Yeah, Khabib's just a different on a different planet. Yeah. I mean, that guy's crazy. But uh, I'm excited to see where Vegas is going to put him. Hopefully Vegas will undervalue him again since it was only his second UFC fight. Mm-hmm. I'm going to bet on him again because he looked great. Dude. He did. I don't think yeah. he's going to lose another fight anytime soon unless it's against like Khabib, like you said. Yeah, exactly. I think he, could, I think he I can think take he has on anybody in the lightweight division. Yeah, I think I think he can make anyone a fight. After making that his debut and making one of the main contenders just beating the shit out of them. Yeah. Like, not, like, it, like he had that fight through and through. And that was his debut. So like, yeah, Hooker looked like a deer in headlights for most of it. Oh my god! Yeah, he was Hooker was on his heels the entire time. He kept on going back. That was a yeah, wow. He Chandler absolutely dominated that fight. I'm so excited to see him fight again because he was kind of electric too. Like, like I didn't. Yeah, his I didn't energy, really, bro. Was, he was an entertainer. Yeah, he was. I didn't. I didn't really. Um, I didn't know who he was really until like I watched like the pre-fight hype stuff that they always do, and I'm like, oh, like this guy, like. He's not fucking around. Like this, this guy's good TV, and sure enough, I mean, he proved it. So like, yeah, whoever I mean, he fights next is going to be a pretty big event. I bet, I bet it'll be the main event, uh, just like Connor was his last time. I mean, at least like a co-main again. Yeah, at least. So I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited to see where he ends up. He's got it, dude. He's got it. Yeah, he's got what it takes. It looks like he's going to have a somewhat of a good career. He is old though, so we'll see how long he'll last in the yeah, UFC. Yeah, how old is he? He's like thirty-four, he's his- I believe. 34 really yeah Damn. i mean he's been fighting fighters for a are while. weird though yeah they are he's been fighting for a fighters while fighters are weird they have a weird how they age um yeah damn 34 um because you got guys like who's, how old is holloway like holloway's older now too right i think he's in his 30s i don't think he's quite 34 okay does that mean like they don't really peak until their late 20s you know, yeah, for fighting it is weird. It's it's interesting, but I mean, that's just probably the sport because you don't really fully mature your muscles until that time, and probably takes a probably takes some practice getting used to getting your ass whooped all the time. Oh yeah, so. for sure, your body has to get used to it. And Holloway, <laughs> I just checked, Holloway's twenty nine, so he's getting up Holloway's there. Holloway's twenty nine. Yeah, he's been fighting forever. It seems like he looks like he's fucking fifty, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's he looks true. old as shit. Yeah, like his like son that. looks like, his son looks twenty nine. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I mean, whenever you get beat up like that, I'm sure it's gonna yeah. maybe affect your the cauliflower ears bit. and all oh, that dude, gross the cauliflower shit. ears are so bad, man. I'll never get used to that. It's so fucking gross. It is. Dude. I don't care. I, mean, I know. It's I know it's a thing. Yeah, I mean, you know, like when you see somebody, like when I see somebody on the street and I see they have cauliflower ears, I do not fuck with them at all because I know that they'll whoop my ass. But like. Jesus Christ, that's gross. Yeah. <laughs> well, other than uh, UFC over the weekend, there was a couple pretty big football games. We got yes, NFL Championship Sunday. We had the Tampa Bay Buccaneers beat the Packers. <laughs> Your Super Bowl pick is gone. Uh, I'm Super sorry about that. But... Well, so is yours. So... Yeah, yeah, I know. My Bills pick is gone. But we both uh, we both went one for two in the Super Bowl. So, you know, I'll take that. Yeah. Well, I mean, the Packers beat themselves. They did. Um, they they could have won this game. Like, 
first of all, how the fuck are you going to let Scotty Miller Lite catch in the half on you like that on a bomb? Like, no shit, Greg Williams. Like, cover the fucking end zone. Yeah, dude, that play... Uh, I mean, I had Bucks plus three and a half, so I was pretty hyped whenever that play happened. And that's, that's not even, like, one of those plays where you're like, oh, who could have seen this coming? No, everyone saw that play coming. Yeah, that, you know what they're going to do. Their cornerback, uh, King is his name, <laughs> he had a rough day, man. He allowed, like, two touchdowns. He got God. domered on one hit. It was a rough day for him. <laughs> I mean, he uh, he had a good... He was good in college. I remember him at Iowa. Yeah, he was, he was, was really, good, but not not a great great outing for the championship corner, game. <laughs> no. Yeah, and then so he had that penalty at the end. Speaking of the Packers beating themselves, I just want to point out the fact that Matt LaFleur is the dumbest fucking human being on the face of the earth. Why in the world would you kick that field goal down eight with three minutes left and all your timeouts? Okay, before we get into the field goal, I think we should talk about the play before that. Because Rodgers had a fucking lane to run. He, oh, you're in, right. You're in the right. red zone. He had the most wide open lane. Like, he could have easily gotten a touchdown. And I've watched a lot of Aaron Rodgers. I've watched him do it to my Dallas Cowboys all the time. He will take a ball, and he will get that fucking first down with his legs. He does not give a fuck, okay? Yeah, he's fearless. And the, yeah, and he just threw it into double coverage trying to force it to Adams. Bro, what are you doing? Like... You can. I don't know if it's because he's older. He doesn't have as much trust in his legs. He's not as fast as he used to be. But like, well, he's been making dude, those plays all year, even though he's been. Yeah, I've been watching him do it his entire career. He can make those plays with his legs. And he just doesn't do it. He had such a what? Like, I think that should be talked about just as much as the field goal. And then he. And then they asked him about it. Uh, about when he asked him about the field goal, he goes, "Oh, well, I maybe would have taken that lane to run. Like, if I didn't think that I was going to get another chance." If I didn't think that's know. what I was just about to say is maybe he well, was like, thinking he would get another chance, but you're right. Still, I still, think, I think if it. you, I think that makes it even worse. If you knew you're going to go for it on fourth, fourth down, get that extra yardage. So you don't have to, you know, get as much on the fourth down like this. So either way, that was the worst possible decision he could have made by not tucking it right there. Yeah. Cause you're right. That, even if he did run just a little bit, he could have slid for maybe a one or two yard and, pickup and that would have been fine. And even to go back even before because I'm pretty, as you can tell, I'm pretty heated about this fucking game. <laughs> um, I'm so mad. I'm so vivid, like I'm vivid hyped, right I'm now. I'm so happy. Uh, I'm sure you were. I'm, I, I <laughs> hope you had a great time. But before that, how the how are you gonna pick off Tom Brady twice and go three and out both times? You had two picks on two defensive possession in a row, and you don't win the field position battle. Are you kidding me? Dude, I Are was, you kidding I was me? shook that they picked off Brady three times. It was what two two of them were back to back possessions, right? Yeah, back to back defensive possessions, and they still are losing the field position battle. What the fuck, Green Bay? Yeah, that's, that's pretty rough, man. That looks really bad. That's on the ridiculous. Coaching staff. How did you get to the like? How did you get to the NFC Championship with that kind of bullshit? If I mean, oh my god! As you said though, they did beat themselves. I think if the Packers were playing anything like themselves, you know, like they were the rest of the season, or even the playoff games before this, like they did against the Rams, they could have won. Oh yeah, because Tampa Bay at the in the second half they shot themselves in the foot. Brady, I don't know what Brady was doing for those picks. One of them wasn't. Tampa his Bay fault. wanted to make it a game or something. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. Maybe, maybe Tampa live bet Green Bay plus nine and a half. I was thinking about it, man, when they were down eighteen. I should have done it. Yeah. Well, those live bets. They're they're enticing for sure. 
Dude, so speaking now, Tom Brady's in the Super Bowl again. I was scrolling through Twitter, you know, saw um, some crazy-ass Tom Brady stat lines in the playoffs and Super Bowl. So <laughs> in Tom Brady's career, he has played now in 18% of all Super Bowls. Yeah, I saw that. That's fucking absurd, dude. That's so selfish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, honestly, share the wealth, Such man. bullshit. It's such bullshit, honestly. Dude, and ask me. he's only played one season in the NFC now, and he already has more playoff wins against NFC teams than Drew Brees. Tom Brady has eight, Brees has seven. Like, that's insane. Because, I mean, six of them came from Super Bowl wins, so. That's so dumb. Yeah, yeah, and, and it's just dumb. It doesn't even end there. Last but not least, he has over double the amount of playoff wins as the second most quarterback. Brady's first with thirty three, and Montana's second with sixteen. Fucking absurd, dude. I mean, this this year he's really put to bed the whole system QB argument. I think. Uh, I think. I guess that bothered him throughout the years. I guess he paid attention to that or something. So he just. Decided, fuck it. I'm gonna leave and prove to you that I don't need Belichick to win Super Bowls, or even or go to Super Bowls. I guess. Yeah, exactly. Because I, I think I think he's already proved his point. Yeah, for sure. But even by making it to the yeah. NFC Championship, I think he proved his point for sure. But I um, I think he's kind of like what you said about the system quarterback. It has been in his mind for the year, but I don't know. I, I don't know. I think he's just a a winner, man. Like he didn't even play super phenomenal when you if you think about it. Like this year isn't up to Brady's standards per se. No, he he had an up and down year for sure. Yeah, yeah, but he's he's just a winner, man. He's going to win no matter what. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. I mean, some people are just winners. Yeah, exactly. It just happens. It's, some people are just they're just born winners. It happens. It's annoying. I hate it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I hate it so much. Well, sometimes I hate it. I mean, a lot of people hate Brady for being a born winner. But oh, then, I like Brady, though. Yeah, me too. I like Brady. Me too. I'm a big Brady fan. But then everybody loves whenever people like Patrick Mahomes are winners, which well, he won Patrick yet Mahomes again. Patrick Mahomes will be hated and, like, I don't know. He's so well-liked. He is, dude. Everybody Brady, likes him. Brady's like, Brady's like that pretty boy, you know? Um, kind of a, He's kind of a douchebag. Patrick Mahomes is a, a really nice guy. Humble dude. Um, people aren't really jealous of him because he sounds like Kermit the Frog. Dude, he does. I mean, he like, sounds just like Kermit, bro. Oh, my God. And he's gotten a lot better, too. And at Tech, he was way worse. I remember when he came out of Tech, I was listening to Sports Talk Radio. And uh, he was on the Ryan Rossillo show. The Rossillo and Cannell, which was one of my favorites, but whatever. Um, and I turned it on, and he was... They didn't, it was mid-interview, so I didn't know who was it. And I was like, who the fuck is this that's talking right now? Like, I don't know if this is Boomhauer meets Kermit the Frog, but who the fuck <laughs> is talking right now? Like, all right, and then we have Patrick Mahomes on. Thanks for coming today. I was like, what? It was that guy? Because, I mean, he looks nothing Yeah, he like doesn't match he his voice. Doesn't match no, his voice No, I mean, he all. looks like, I mean, he's a light skin. I mean, it doesn't sound, but he talks like, you know, your redneck uncle. <laughs> yeah, it is funny, yeah. He talks kind of with a little country twang in it. Yeah, I mean, that's the... He is a Texas boy. Yeah, he gets it from there. But it's it's funny because it's not even... He's very well-spoken, though, you know? It's not like some athletes where you can barely understand them. You know, he's well-spoken. It's just just not what you would expect. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, like... But it's almost like he has, like, a mouthful of dip spit in. He's gargling it, you know? I don't even know. But 
He's probably pretty insecure about it, so don't. don't yeah, let's, yeah, let's leave him alone, that. man. Let's I mean, plus he could. He's one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, and we're wouldn't be podcasters, so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's already there I, after like three. I years. think he's winning. Yeah. I think he's winning. Yeah, for sure. But let's speaking of Pat, though, let's talk about that Chiefs game. Dude, he had um, a crazy game, man. I think. So most people had their money. Most of the public had their money on Buffalo. Like me. And I think, yeah, like you. <laughs> but I think why is because everyone got caught up in the new thing, which was Buffalo, and everyone just forgot how good the Chiefs were. And also, too, I think a lot of people were using the argument that you know the Chiefs have been half asleep all year, which I've also been saying that you know, like that Falcons game. I bet you that Falcons game. It's probably one of the sole reasons why a lot of people picked the Bills. Like they should have lost that game. Well, wasn't didn't they sit? Uh, didn't they sit some of their starters that game? No. Okay. No, they're I'm still may, they're still playing everybody. Game. You're thinking of Week 17. Yeah, yeah. They lost Week 17, but I mean, like pretty yeah, much everybody that was worth anything. Yeah. Um, they had already won 14 games by that point, but like the fact that they've been half asleep and still winning 14 of their games. Should have made people realize, including myself, that like, oh shit, yeah, the Chiefs are the greatest team in football. Oh, I forgot. Like, yeah, you're all right. I kind of this, this. I was just I mean, jumping down. Got a, caught up. Yeah, they the got Josh caught Allen up. Hype train, man. And Bills Mafia, and you know, everyone loves the Bills. I love the Bills. Most lovable team in football, honestly. Yeah, for real. I thought they, I thought this was the Bills team of destiny, man. They're the antithesis of the Patriots. Yeah, the exact opposite. I, I really hope. Um, I mean, you know, I'm not a Bills fan, but I really do hope that they, they make another deep playoff run next year or even make the Super Bowl just because I'm a big Josh Allen fan. I think he's amazing. Another thing, too, I want to talk about, though, is like because the Bills are so well-liked, is how the Chiefs acted like dickheads at the end of that Bills game. How so? Bro, did you not, like, they were waving goodbye and all that, and did you see, like, the scrum at towards the end? They were getting into it. Mm-mm, I didn't see that. Oh, did you not watch the game? No, I did. I watched it, but I didn't. I didn't watch like the. They were fighting for like five minutes. Oh, okay. Well, I I turned it, it off right after, or in the fourth. Oh, quarter. when you knew it was over. Yeah, when I knew it was over with like a couple minutes. Uh, left. I kept I kept watching it. They got into, so they got into a big fight, and they were acting like they're acting like dickheads. I mean, when one of the last drives, Frank Clark or. I can't remember if it was Frank Clark or a different pass. Oh, were sure. they like they stood over Josh Allen? Yeah, but I'm talking about. The, that one too, but I'm talking about before that. This is like I think this is what kind of set everything off because a few plays before that, when Josh Allen, when he was throwing away the ball, you saw one of the defenders literally leap, like frog leap, full extension, and take Josh Allen down as he was throwing the ball away. And they are already up, you know, what three touchdowns at this point? Yeah. So like, it was a total dickhead move. I was like, why are you doing that? Like that's almost playing dirty. Like this game's over. Like you don't have to do that. And then they did that Josh Allen shit, and they got in that big scrum, and they just continue to act like assholes. Yeah, so like yeah, I, I was watching for for that portion though. Yeah, um, like literally, it, it was so bad. I was browsing um, the Reddit um, game chat, the the live feed game mm-hmm. chat, and they said um, Bills fans were literally like, "I never thought I'd be saying this, but I want Tom Brady to win the Super Bowl because fuck these guys." Like that's how bad that the Chiefs were acting. Like they. Act- and, like, I like – the Chiefs are a likable team, honestly. But I was – that really irked me. Yeah, it, it did bother they, me, too, especially when that guy 
like stood over Josh Allen and stuff after taking him down. But what I did love to see was, uh, I don't know exactly which lineman, but one of the Bills linemen just immediately sprinted over and fucking trucked him off Josh Allen. <coughs> oh, my God, yes, dude. Yeah, that like, was don't touch my quarterback, motherfucker. Yeah, that was badass. But then they started going, when the, when the Chiefs finally got the ball back, they started talking more shit. I think, like, I saw multiple Chiefs players waving goodbye, and then, like, when Damian uh, Williams got the last first down, he fucking gave a big wave. I'm like, guys, like, I think you've been here before because you have. Yeah, you know what I mean, they, I mean they y'all have, have y'all been here before. Like, yeah, I thought I thought things were looking good towards the beginning of the game. Whenever McCole Hardman had muffed that punt, you know, and the Bills recovered it for a touchdown, I was really hyped. You know, they were up nine zero. I then, was never worried, dude. They went. They just died. I was never man. worried. They just went dead. I don't know what happened. Is the Chiefs are better because they they didn't wait until halftime to wake up. They they played the entire game. The yeah, only, the Bills didn't you know, though. Nope, nope. Uh, I mean, the, the the only thing that you could say that they didn't wake up is a muff punt, which I mean, like that's one player doing one bad thing. Usually, it's the entire team. Yeah, and then I mean, Hardman made up being for asleep. it. Yeah, and then Hardman made up for it. Yeah, he had like a 50, tenfold. Yeah, fifty-one yard jet sweep, and then. He also had and a then he had quick the touchdown little, yeah, at the end of that touchdown. Yeah, so I mean, like, man, Chiefs are so goddamn good. Yeah, they are, dude. They they They're could so they good. could be a dynasty, like legitimately. They really could go to the Super Bowl for the next four years. Yeah, I wonder how much of a. It'd be interesting to see how much of a championship window they have, because when Patrick Mahomes starts start that uh, that monster contract gets on the salary cap, how how good are they going to be? You know. Yeah. It's kind of that'll be really interesting to watch. It's going to be yeah, tough to maintain. Oh, it's so hard to win with the salary cap like that in the NFL. That's yeah. why I love it so much, though. Yeah, it makes it more entertaining. It's my, it's my favorite thing about the NFL, honestly. Yeah, and then the NBA, you got teams of fucking three superstars each, and then teams with not a single all star. Yeah, it's ridiculous. The NBA is that, dog shit. Yeah, that's a conversation for NFL. another day. <laughs> yeah, but back to the Chiefs, man. I mean. I can't wait for the Super Bowl, but we'll save all Super Bowl talk because we are going to have a very special. Yeah, we're going to do a one-hour Super Bowl. Yeah, a whole shebang on Super Bowl, making all of our Super Bowl picks too, uh, including some superlatives like the coin toss is one of my favorites, and then another one of my favorites is what color Gatorade will be poured on the winner. You can't forget about the national anthem. Oh yeah, the time. Oh yeah. Yeah, the time oh, for yeah. that for sure. That's always um, fun. But. What we can talk about because the NFL offseason is approaching and it is going to start very soon. And we have our storyline set up, a lot of our quarterback storylines set up for the NFL offseason. And my God, week one of the 2021 NFL season is going to be awesome. Dude, yeah, this offseason is going to be crazy. I'm so excited. Oh my God. It's going to be like they're is no off season basically that's how entertaining that's how entertained all of us are going to be by all the nfl news that's going to come out yeah i can't because i'm gonna just so be many... following adam Schefter's twitter refreshing 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 oh my god like put adam Schefter on alert yeah exactly yeah dude there's so on many and i mean especially the most entertaining <laughs> aspect of the off season situation is going to be the quarterback carousel like all the free agents are expected free agents right now we got dak prescott Andy Dalton, Cam Newton, Mitch Trubisky, 
Jameis Winston, Tyrod Taylor, Ryan Fitzpatrick, and Jacoby Brissett. That's insane. Yeah, so that's there's definitely a lot of guys that are worthy of starting. Um, let's uh let's get into how likely we think some of these guys are gonna leave, like the big name guys. You know, so if I were to give you to pick from one to ten for Dak, how likely do you think he is to leave? Dak, I'm gonna I'm gonna give Dak a two. I really think he's gonna stay with Dallas. I think it's all gonna co- it's all gonna come down to whether or not uh, money hungry Jerry Jones is gonna pay him or not. But I think paying Dak is in their best interest, assuming he comes back healthy from his injury. But if they don't pay Dak, then I think their number one priority should be going after Matt Stafford. You think? Yeah. Stafford? If if they're not going to go with Dak, I think Stafford's the way to go. Most likely. And Stafford I mean, would definitely I, want to play in Dallas. Oh, yeah. He's from the area. Yeah, 100%. So, he would... I wouldn't mind Stafford being my quarterback, but I would much rather keep Dak. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'll give Dak a five. Hmm. Because okay. it's been two years, dude. Like, And they can't seem to agree that we're on some kind of stalemate. I think ultimately he will re-sign with us, but I also think that there's a very real possibility that he's just finally going to say, fuck it, I'm gone. I'm done. Yeah, that's I mean, true. He might be some, done. Somebody is going to give him that money. You're you know right. Somebody's going to pay him. Somebody is going to pay him. There's no way that, you know, nobody's not going to pay him that money. He's going to get it. He's one of the top, he's a top 10 QB. He's still, he's what, 26, 27. So he's entering his prime. He's coming off the bet. The last two years have been the best two years of his career, and I mean, the the injury that he had. Um, it was brutal. It was it was brutal. But they, I'm pretty sure that they said that this was an injury that won't have a lot of long term um, like complications. Not, it's not fine. like an yeah, it's not like an Achilles tear where when you get an Achilles tear, that's like really damning. Um, it's just a bone break. So once the bone heals, fully heals. Just rehab it, and you're good to go. So, like, I mean, there's there's not a lot of caution when you're giving Dak a contract. Yeah, I think he'll be fine. Uh, it, it also blows my mind, too, whenever Cowboys fans don't like Dak or something. They just want to get rid of him. Oh, like, my God. Dude, I hate us so much. Yeah, do you guys not realize what he's doing, bro? Look at the numbers, man. I hate us. I hate Dak haters. Like, <laughs> I, I don't understand. For First of all, like, how do you dislike the guy? He's such a likable dude. Yeah, for real. Like, he's, got a, he's got a million dollar smile. He's cute. Oh. Um, <laughs> he's a little cute. Nah, nah. I'm, um, I'm not even a Cowboys fan, and I like Dak, you know? He's, a, he's, yeah. he's cool to watch. He's no. A player. I mean, I'll never get enough of him on TV. Yeah. He's just well, a, speaking he's a of, very likable guy. Yeah, speaking of the Cowboys quarterbacks, another one, Andy Dalton. Uh, out of 10, I'm going to give that a 10. He's definitely yeah. leaving. He's gone. Yeah, it was a one-year stint back home in Dallas, but he's gone. Where he goes, I have no idea. I've I've yeah, seen Yeah, he'll probably either Yeah, be, I've seen rumors at Denver for the Broncos. But it looks like John Elway really likes Drew Locke, so which I don't know why, but we'll see how how that pans out. I think Andy Dalton's going to be a bridge quarterback from now on at this point of his career. What do you mean? Like uh you know when like Fitzpatrick this year, you know when like teams draft a guy in the first couple rounds and they're like, "All right, this is the future, but we want to give him some time." Dalton will be that guy that'll just come in and start for a year or two while the backup gets ready. Yeah, yeah, I could totally see he's, that. I mean, Dalton's going to be one of those. A great one, a great quarterback for that, a great candidate for that. Yeah, 
Unfortunately, as much as I hate to say it, because I wish he could be a full-time starter. Yeah, same. He's, he's one of my starter. favorite all-time players. Yeah, I mean, because he's TCU alumnus. He was one of the guys who really got me into the TCU football. I will never forget watching the the TCU Rose Bowl against Wisconsin, one of my favorite games of all time. Dude, I was there, man. But, yeah. That was crazy. Uh, but, yeah, but, anyway, speaking of yeah. another quarterback we got um, free agency is Cam Newton. and That's a 10. Yeah, I think that's a 10, too. If you think that Bill Belichick is going to ride another year with the Cam Newton experiment, you're out of your fucking mind. Yeah, he's either going to he's going to get one of these quarter other quarterbacks or he's going to draft one cuz I mean it's not Jared Stidham. Yeah, I think if it was Jared Stidham, he would have gone with him last year. All you Jared Stidham truthers, you're done. It's Stop. over, yeah. It's over. It's over. <laughs> it's not happening. I'm sick of that shit. Oh my god! Cause like, they wouldn't even sign Cam in the first place if Jared Stidham was the guy. Exactly. Yeah, they wouldn't have done this little quote unquote experiment with Cam. And yeah. Clearly, the or experiment like, failed. Or, or even too like, those times where they pulled Cam from the game and put in Stidham, then they would have kept Stidham in there for the rest of the season if Stidham was the guy. No. Yeah. Stidham is bad at football. <laughs> Get it through okay. your head. He's bad. Yeah. He's bad at football. All right, just accept it. Speaking of another guy who's bad at fucking football, Mitch Trubisky. Oh my god! What do you give him? <laughs> uh, I I really don't know where to where to rank him on this. Uh, so I'm gonna go right in the middle. I'm gonna go with a five because I really have no idea where the Bears are with this decision. I hope. I mean, I hate the Bears. I'm not a Bears fan by all means, but I hope to God for Bears fans in general and the entire city of Chicago that they move on from Mitch Trubisky. So I'm going to give Mr. Bisky a three because when he came back, he lit up the field. I mean, I know one of those games was against Jacksonville, but like like I said, I got a roommate who's a Bears fan, and I got I know a lot of Bears fans, and they were all so hyped, so huge on Maserati Mitch when he came back and turned the <laughs> offense around and finally started putting up points because they forgot what an offense even looked like. Um, so well, they didn't I have think, one in the playoffs. Uh, well, they didn't have one to ever. Yeah. In the <laughs> yeah. But they thought they just took, like, I, I don't know if, like, the entire city of Chicago just took psychedelic mushrooms and thought they did for a little bit. They were convinced. But that was, uh, that didn't happen. No, there was no offense in Chicago this year. So I'll give him, but I'll give him a three or a four um, because I think he'll sign another short contract. I think it'll be two to three years. Around fifteen million dollars, if I were to say, um, and give him another chance. And if it doesn't work out after another two years, then they're just gonna they're gonna be done with them. Yeah, but I if can, he, I can see that happening. If he kind of plays on that level, like I mean, and shows out, like sure, but like I don't think he's going to. He sh- he, he did it against really bad teams, so it's really not much there. Yeah, I, I don't think that's much <laughs> for much, but I mean. I agree with some of those points you made. I think he may may deserve, you know, another shot, a small contract, but I don't know if I if I'm if I'm Chicago's front office, I'm getting rid of him. Oh, I I probably would too, but it's just that they just feel that they're in a position to um to compete with the team that they have around them. Yeah. But, yeah. Well, next up on the list then is uh Jameis Winston with the Saints. I don't really know how to rank him on this because 
I think they're going to get rid of him. But at the same time, I saw a clip of Drew Brees talking to him after, like, once they lost to the Bucks, And Brees was saying, this is your team now. So I don't know what they're going to do with him, but it'd be interesting to see if they kept him. What do, what do yeah, you rank him at on scale of 1 to 10? This is probably – this is definitely one of the trickier ones on this list. Yeah, for sure. He definitely has the ability to be a franchise QB, I think. He's got an arm for it. Yeah, he Mr. Can put Mr. Up, 30 he, for 30, you know. Yeah, he can put up numbers for sure. I mean, it's just his decision-making that gets him in trouble. But he also did get cataracts. So remember – Yeah. Remember Dude, he he's – uh, Yeah. So imagine what – cat. we haven't seen the full potential – or the full abilities of post-cataracts, Jameis Winston. But I think it all kind of depends on where Sean Payton felt about the Taysom Hill experience experiment. I think he and really liked it. <laughs> I think I think if... Because remember, Taysom Hill's under contract this year, too. They signed him to a fat contract for a backup QB. Mm-hmm. And so he might just run with Taysom Hill if he liked the experiment. I mean, but I could also see them re-signing Jameis and just being like, ah, it was a cool two games, but I don't think it'll work for to build my, my entire team around Taysom Hill. Yeah. So I, this is one of those where it could be an eight or it could be a two. Like, I really couldn't tell you. I'm going to mark and it then, down as a four. That's how I'm going to give it. Okay. Um, and then the rest of the guys on the list, we got Tyrod Taylor. I mean, he might stick – um, yeah, he, he may. Good I, guy to have around an organization. He might stay around or not. I don't know it's if he'll not. be a starter anymore. No, probably not. Um, but he's really not that important to uh, talk a lot about. Fitz, he might stay in Miami. He's loved in the Miami locker room. Or he might go his um, 60th team. Yeah, 60th franchise team. To go on he's to. like Mr. Rainbow for the NFL, man. Jacoby Brissett, he might go to a bottom-tier team to try and be a starter. I really like Jacoby Brissett, actually. I think he's underrated. I think he's... Uh, he's not I think great. if he was a Don't real franchise QB, I think he's one of the premier backups you could have. If you have Jacoby Brissett as your backup, you're in a really good position. That's what I think. But yeah, that's true. I don't know. I just I like watching him. I, I think his style of play is pretty fun. Yeah, he's. I mean, he's by no means a bad quarterback. He's just not a great not yeah he's not great you're right yeah he's kind of he's he's definitely in that mid-tier where you're like you know i mean there's a reason why they went out and got philip rivers yeah they're going to be in the quarterback market again this year yeah and then other than Brissett, we got cole mccoy and nate sudfield which nobody gives a fuck about so yeah who cares yeah moving on (laughs) um but also too is that there's even more quarterbacks that are going to be on the trade market we got deshaun watson matthew stafford and potentially, potentially, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. If, yeah, have you not? Have you not? Um, I've, I've seen heard the rumors. This? I've seen the rumors about him potentially leaving Green Bay. But personally, I think they're fucking crazy. I don't think he's leaving. Well, let's. Then what do you give it? If I'm if I'm ranking it on a scale of one to ten on how likely he is to leave, I'm giving that shit a two. I'm gonna give it. A two as well for this year, but for next year, you're right. I'm giving it about a nine. I I agree. I, I think, think next this is, year is last year. Yeah, next year is going to be his all-in <laughs> season for the Super Bowl. And yeah, if the Packers don't draft a wide receiver this year, I think Aaron Rodgers is going to shit himself. Yeah, he's 
wasn't too happy about the Jordan Love pick because it's really just a head scratching decision why they did that. Well, yeah, because it's um, not even like it's not even like one of those guys where oh we can't pe- pass up on him kind of thing. You know, they they definitely could have passed up on him and got somebody later. And I mean, he was kind of talked about as like a Patrick Mahomes type of guy where. Nah. Well, well, just in terms of like his arm strength and frame and all that. Not like he's Ability. the. They didn't say like he's the next Patrick Mahomes, but in yeah. more of the sense of he didn't win a lot of games, but he has all the tools and he's super raw. So if you think you can develop him, he could be the guy. And, and that's kind of what Pat that, was. Yeah. yeah, that's kind of what Pat was talked about when he was drafted. So I, that's kind of what they were thinking. I think they were trying to get the next Pat Mahomes, uh, but. Uh, yeah, a, I don't know. I, I still think it's a, a head-scratching decision. Yeah, even a year later. But, I don't know. I think the most more relevant, win- though, we'll see what happens with Aaron Rodgers, but that'll probably be a next-year thing. But more relevant this year, it was just announced a couple days ago, is uh, Jacoby, or, oh my god, not Jacoby, Matthew Stafford. Yeah. Yeah. That, he's a 10. He's a 10. He's going to get traded. Yeah, he's a 10. They, they already agreed, mutually agreed to be traded. So, it's basically this, when and where. Yeah, I think this is the best thing for both parties, too. It's kind of one of those rare situations where, you're like, this makes sense, and it works for both because lines are going to get better quickly anytime soon, and this guy deserves to win some goddamn playoff games. Yeah. So, um, let's just hope that he goes to somebody, a team that just needs a quarterback like the Colts or, like, the Niners or somebody. Yeah, I think... Um, um, I wrote a, a blog about this, the Matthew Stafford situation. If y'all want to check it out at uh, gtdsports.com. But I wrote a few destinations where, not necessarily where I want him to go, but the best destinations for him. Uh, I think the Colts would be a great place, depending on what they do with Brissett. Uh, and I think the Colts might actually target him pretty heavily during the offseason. And I had the Colts as one of my favorites. And I also have the Patriots up there as well. Because they're definitely getting rid of Cam Newton. And I, every time there's a big free agent, Bill Belichick is always always on the market. You know, he's always looking. And then other than that, I have the Texans, which I don't think Stafford is going to want to play for the Texans. No, I think uh, I think it, his two most likely destinations are going to be Indianapolis and uh, New England. I just because those two teams are going to be very aggressive on the qu- quarterback market. Yeah, me too. It's it's going to be interesting to see, especially if he winds up in New England. That'll be kind of crazy. I would have never imagined him wearing a, a Patriots jersey. No kidding. Yeah, but well, my, my dark horse, though, for Stafford is the Cowboys. Um, I think not a lot of people are talking about them as a contender for him. But if they don't sign Dak, I know for sure Jerry's going to want Stafford. Well, just remember that I'm the one who gave you that pick, that hot take. So yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, I think I think if uh, we don't re-sign Dak, I think he's a. I think Cowboys are definitely a dark horse because, like we said earlier, he's from the area. He's a baller. Um, I could see him wearing the star in his helmet. Yeah, I could totally I see hope it. Not. But another guy that's in the state, Deshaun Watson. How likely do you think he's gonna leave? I think it's a 10 at this point. You think it's a 10? Yeah, I think it's a 10. He's gone. I think it's an 8 because ownership doesn't really want to trade him. That's true. He wants out, and but ownership doesn't want him out. 
You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, like, this is more of just a player situation. I don't know how um, uh, repairable um, this relationship is. So, we'll see. Yeah, he seems pretty upset, though. He's pretty pissed off. Yeah. I mean, with good reason. I mean, I read an article about it. You can check it out on GCDsports.com. But uh, he is not happy with the Texans as an organization. So, and he, of all places, he wants to go to either the Jets, which I guess um, kind of Robert Saul is a... Yeah, right? Um, and uh, the Dolphins, which I would love to see him as a Dolphins. I would, back. too. That'd be really entertaining. Oh, my God. But I don't, For a I don't team think... that won 10 games with lackluster quarterback play from Tua and Fitz, wow. Yeah, that, that would be, that'd a, be a lot of fun. But I don't think that awesome. Miami's going to sacrifice what it's going to take. I've seen that his price tag is uh, rumored to be three first-round draft picks, which is yeah, fucking absurd. It makes sense. Dude, it, makes, well, it does make sense, but it's like well, it's a lot to give up. I mean, Jalen Ramsey and, um, gosh, what's his name? Jamal Adams both got two first-round picks in their trades. Yeah, you're right. They're, they're defense. So why in the hell, if those two guys are worth two, why would Deshaun Watson also be worth two? No, he's got to be worth at least three. At least three. Yeah, you're right. Well, if yeah. if he's worth three, how much? what do you think Matthew Stafford's going to be worth? Because Stafford's 33 now. I think he'd be worth two. I think you might be able to get away with a first and a second and maybe a guy. Um, I don't know. Stafford's a little bit trickier, but he's definitely going to command one to two. I don't know about three just because, like we said, age plays a factor. Um, Deshaun Watson is still is still very young and in his prime. Matthew Stafford's more of a veteran QB, so um, I'd I'd probably say it. one to two, probably more favoring two. Yeah, I'd say maybe even like a one first round and then a few other picks, like a second, yeah, or fourth, like, something like that. Maybe like a first and two seconds. I could see something like that. Yes, yeah, so I'm sure something will get worked out, but I don't think. Uh, I mentioned earlier like a, a potential swap deal between Houston and Detroit. I don't think that's really a possibility because neither one of those players is going to want to play for the other team. Yeah, but that would be kind of crazy if it happened. It's gonna be a crazy off season, dude. I can't wait. Yeah, I'm very excited. And then we haven't even got to the bottom of the. Uh, let's see, Carson Wentz. What do you what do you think possibility of him leaving is? I'm gonna give that. A six or seven. So I'm going to give that a four, and let me tell you why. Um, Because they hired the former Colts offensive coordinator, and he was a guy that was under Frank Wright. And Frank Wright was the guy who was the OC when Wentz had his best year back in 2017. So I think that this was definitely a hire meant to try and repair Wentz. I think it's a really dumb way to do it, and I don't think it's a very, I don't think it's the greatest of hires, but I think this is what they're trying to do. So I don't think Wentz is out in Philadelphia no more. Before this hire, I would have given it an eight. I would have said that motherfucker is on the way out the door. Um, but when it came in between Wentz and Doug Peterson, uh, Harry Roseman chose Wentz, and he decided to get Nick Serini. And so I think he's staying put in Philadelphia for the time the the future for what the future holds i guess yeah at least maybe a year i don't know see i i personally just don't know what they're gonna do with that quarterback room then if you have both Wentz and jalen hurts because jalen hurts has already proved that he's capable and worthy of starting on an nfl team yeah i don't know if he's well he balled out small, man. 
he balled out, but it was also such a small sample size. Yeah, it was only a few games. And the the most, like, head-scratching part of all this, but I'm loving it as a Cowboys fan, is that why, if Wentz is your guy that bad, and you're going to even fire your Super Bowl-winning head coach, because remember, Wentz didn't win you that Super Bowl. Your head coach did with a backup QB. Why are you going to have the coach be the guy to walk out the door when you spent a second-round pick on a backup quarterback the year before? And made Wentz look behind his shoulder all year long, and eventually let Hurts start a couple games over Wentz when Wentz was healthy. It makes zero sense. Yeah, it's such turmoil. Philadelphia made a lot of questionable decisions this year. Oh man, and they're in salary cap hell right now too. So I'm loving it. Yeah, I'm loving the NBA right now. I'm loving the, the NFL right now. Everything's uh, fire right now. Though. Everything's so juicy. Yeah, this offseason is going to be good. Oh my god. But moving but, on to something that I'm not so happy with is the NBA. Pretty opposite of the NFL right now. I'm uh, a little bit upset with the NBA just on the way they're handling everything with COVID. It's pretty fucking annoying. Uh, so me, myself, I'm a Heat fan. And recently, the Heat have been playing, I think it's now five games in a row, where they've had the minimum or right above the minimum amount of players on the roster available. So I just don't get why the league isn't postponing games. I know they're postponing some because they can't even meet the requirements, but I don't get why they're not postponing more games because teams' records are getting fucked. And it's not really fair that a championship-caliber team is having to play their B-team-caliber lineup against... Like, the Heat had to play two games back-to-back against the Nets' big three whenever... Kenny Olenek was Kelly Olenek was a starter. Like, come on, that's not fair. So, they're playing what five games with eight guys in a row, with only eight guys on the roster. Yeah, it may not have been that's, exactly eight. They may have had like nine one game, ten one game. Like, either way, their stars have been though, gone. If you're playing back to back games with only eight players, that's just that's not a good system. Exactly. I mean, I, I could see how they would make the you know the minimums eight, and they have to play you know once every once in a while they'd have to play a game with only eight. I would get that, but if you're constantly seeing teams night in and night out play with only eight players or nine players, that's ridiculous. Like do something about that. Yeah, like their body, it's gonna wear and tear on them, and especially during COVID and everything, the players that are healthy are gonna be worn down, and then when the players get back, they're gonna be even more tired, you know, from having COVID and everything. So it's just, it's a vicious cycle. And I don't get why they're not postponing more like that. Yeah, Adam Sandler, I mean, not Adam Sandler. Adam Silver is the best uh, <laughs> best commissioner in all of sports and needs to start acting like it. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I love Adam Silver. He's, he's amazing for the NBA, but it's yeah, just, he hasn't, yeah, the, he hasn't the, the bubble was great. He, yeah, the bubble was great. I mean, he's such a great commissioner. I mean, as soon as he got put in, he hasn't missed a beat. He's such a likable guy. Such yeah, a, great story, too. I mean, because all the other sports commissioners are scumbags. Like, Roger Goodell. Clown. Do I need to Do I need to explain why that sucks? Clown. And fucking Robert Manfred. He sucks more than fucking Goodell, dude. He doesn't even understand the sport of baseball. God, I hate that guy. Yeah, I but, and like Literally, he's the only commissioner that is good at his job, and he's fucking up. He needs to stop. Yeah, but it's you know it's one of those things too where there's not much he can do about it, but it just seems like they're really not going about it the best way right now. So I don't know if they can go into like a bubble type situation 
or maybe just start playing more like back-to-back series, like maybe even like a series of four games against the same team. I don't know what has to happen, but teams are playing without their star players way too often right now. Well, teams aren't going back into a bubble. It was fun when they did it, but there's no way at this point in COVID and all that. It would be tough. They wouldn't be here with their families. If Adam Silver was like, hey, we're going back in the bubble, they're going to be like, no, fuck that. Like, we're not going back. Like, I want to be here with my kids and my wife. I don't want to be stuck back in the bubble. Like, that's just. They may they may be willing to do it again then for uh, playoffs. For for playoffs. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. for playoffs. I could could see them doing it for playoffs again just because they're so important. But that's for a limited amount of time, not for the next, what, six months it would take to finish the season. Yeah, for sure. Could you imagine sticking the entire NBA in a bubble for the next six months? It's not, it's not gonna work. Yeah, and especially like all those memes and stuff about the the bubble food. Did you see any of those? No, were they bad? Yeah, I mean they must have been. That's why uh, Lou Will had to get some hot wings at a strip club. Yeah, exactly. There was just pictures because I mean they were on Disney property, so they'd have like, I don't know, like torn up or like uncooked, like little Disney waffles and stuff, and like their eggs just looked a little rough and everything. But, yeah, I don't know. It was just a little bit funny. No. It was a good experiment. It was fun when they did it. But, like, they're not going back in it again unless unless they really do it for a playoff push. And Yeah. It's even just frustrating, then, you know, right now as a fan to see all, all this shit go down. Well, COVID in general is just frustrating. Yeah. There's there's no winning with this shit, man. There's no winning. Um, Jesus Christ. I mean, and, it, and to think that before COVID hit... The worst thing to happen was Kobe dying. Yeah, which dude. has been one year now. Yeah, today uh, we're recording this on Another January twenty sixth, which is uh, exactly one year to the day since Kobe died. Yeah, so another reason why twenty twenty sucked. Um, the so sh- it was I I'll never forget like I was sitting in my room and I got the alert on my phone, and like I like I yelled I was like are you like holy shit are you kidding me like because. It's it's not. This is probably one of like one of the worst, most sad celebrity deaths that I've kind of got. I I yeah. put him up there with Mac Miller for for Kobe. Yeah, same. Mac same Miller here. and Kobe are like definitely up my top two of just how much like it's like heartbreaking almost, and that he died with his daughter and his wife. It's everything about it. I mean, like. Yeah, it's terrible. Uh, it's just heartbreaking. That's the only word I can think of to describe as heartbreaking i mean yeah i remember i was i was uh getting ready to leave my house and all of a sudden i get a call from my roommate who wasn't there and he's just like like the first thing he says he doesn't say anything he's just like bro kobe just died and i'm like nah you're fucking with me bro like shut up and then he's like dude like check your phone and so i just stop what i'm doing i sit down and i go look through everything and i'm like holy shit like this shit's real you know like it took a while to sink in but dude like i'll never forget like Growing up and playing 2K and always picking the Lakers for Kobe and yeah, shit like dude, that. Like, he's cold. He was a hack. Uh, yeah. Like, oh, man. That was that was just one of the ones, like, I had a really – I felt like I almost had a direct connection to somebody like that. Somebody who – even though I grew up a Mavs fan and I wasn't supposed to really like Kobe that much, <laughs> he was still Kobe. Exactly, still, yeah. You know, even if you weren't, like, a super fan or anything, it's like that still hurt, you know, because he, he did so much for basketball – and, and everything, you know, the whole community. And he's doing so, he did so much for women's basketball as well towards the end of his career. God. I mean, but everything he touched, I mean, it was gold. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he, even, he even got an Oscar. Yeah, what a guy. Dude. What a guy. I mean, uh, 
But well, not to harp on the uh, the negatives of everything. We just wanted to touch light on that since it's the one year anniversary. Um, so we did want to kind of commemorate him by talking about our favorite moments throughout his career. And my personal favorite moment um, was whenever he shot free throws with a torn Achilles. Literally, there was about three minutes left in the game. Uh, I forget who they were playing. And they're down by two, and he literally gets hurt on the play. He gets fouled and can barely walk. He's, like, limping and just comes on the court, nails both free throws, ties the game, and then they foul on the next play so he can get subbed off. And it's just like, what a badass, bro. Like, that is a visual representation of all the Mimba mentality talk everybody talks about, you know. Like, that that really was it. Like, he didn't give a fuck, dude. He was just there to ball. I mean, yeah. He's he's the the fiercest competitor in maybe all of sports, definitely in basketball. Um, my favorite all-time Kobe moment is, without a doubt, 100%, dropping 60 in the final game. Like, he said, fuck it. <laughs> I'm doing it. I don't care if it's on 50 shots. Going out with a bang. I don't care. I don't care if I tear my rotator cuff by the end of the night. I'm dropping 60 and I'm winning the goddamn game. I don't and like the whole all of the Jazz knew it too. They knew Kobe was going to get the ball. He did not care. They couldn't stop him. And then him. what the most I think what makes it even more iconic is the mic drop at the end when he gives his gives his retirement yes. speech and just Mamba out. I mean it doesn't get any more iconic than that about for any, I can't think of any more iconic uh, last game or retirement. Like fucking Peyton Manning went out looking like a pile of dog shit and making out with Papa John's at the Super Bowl. Okay, <laughs> like Kobe, no, Kobe goes out dropping sixty with a bag of fucking dimes and drops the goddamn mic. Like, how more of a badass can you be? Yeah, it was a perfect storybook ending, bro, for such a cool career. Because I mean, he even said it too in his speech, like. Uh, he grew up a Lakers fan, got traded to the organization right after he got drafted. So, like, he said it himself, like, you can't write a better story than this. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's Kobe. Like, what, I mean, what else yeah. could you say yeah, what about else the guy? Say, He's it's just Kobe. so, oh, man. Still, it's still kind of, I still can't believe it to this day. Like, People be talking about like how bad 2020 was. They'll be bringing up all this shit, and then somebody be like, "Oh yeah, and Kobe died." I'm like, "Fuck!" It was, seems like it seems like whenever he died, man, that's that's when the shit storm started. Everything oh, that's what kicked that, it all off. Yeah, everything that's after what that kicked was it all bad. off. World hasn't been the same without Kobe, and that's an undeniable fact. Yeah. Well, we're gonna we're not gonna harp on the negatives. We don't want to make anybody sad here talking about Kobe, but we just wanted to touch on that since it's the anniversary, and we're gonna move on to something a little bit. More fun now. Talking about Jake Paul is officially fighting <coughs> Ben Askren in an eight-round boxing match on April 17th. All right, so explain to me who Ben Askren is. Ben Askren? Okay. So he, very, very like long list of athletic accomplishments. He's a big-time wrestler, uh, like went to the Olympics, won college Division One wrestling titles, uh, He's a stud, and in the UFC he went 19 and 0, uh, or in the like as an MMA record he was 19 and 0, and then his first ever loss was that five second flying knee kick against Jorge Masvidal, which I'm sure you've oh, seen. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, that of was course his I've seen it. First loss of all time, and so he's he's a good <laughs> That's fighter. That's unfortunate. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. 
but he's a good fighter, uh, and also his nickname is Curly Headed Fuck, so he's kind of a troll. He always likes to joke around and piss people off during the pre-fight, you know, meetings and stuff like that, press conferences. Well, that'll be good. Jake Paul's good at shit talking, so yeah, it'll be entertaining. Yeah, Jake Paul's already been shit talking mad. Like, it's funny because uh, this is definitely gonna be a huge pay per view event. And Jake Paul's just talking about how this is his stepping stone to fighting McGregor next, and then he's gonna like conquer all the kings of fighting. But Ben Askren's like, I'm very like I saw a quote. He said, "Yeah, I'm just really excited to get this massive paycheck and also like shut him up in the process." Dude, I will say though, I'm not. I don't like. I don't think anybody likes Jake Paul. I don't hate no. Jake Paul like some people do. Fuck Jake Paul. Um, but. I will say it was hilarious when he released that video of him trolling McGregor after um, he went down and saying he's like, oh, 50 million, like not 10K McGregor, take it or leave it, like laughing his ass off. Like, yeah, he changed his that offer. Was, that was good, dude. That was that was good. Yeah, I, <laughs> I don't see, but I don't think Connor's going to respond at all. You know, Connor doesn't really care. Oh, no. He's, if he didn't respond to anything else, he's not going to respond to that. But. Yeah. And I mean, plus, if you didn't take a funny. $50 million offer for a fight, why in the world would he take a 10K offer, you know? Well, it was a joke. Yeah, oh, yeah, no, I know, I know. It was a joke. I mean, like, like that was, it was a good one. <laughs> yeah, I really, um, really want to see Jake Paul just get fucking slept. <coughs> it's going to be weird yeah. to see, too, because it's boxing. And ben, ben Askren's never had a boxing fight. So, and even when he fights in the octagon, he's not much of a stand-up fighter. He's more of a yeah. wrestle, ground and pound, like grapple kind of guy. Yeah. So, but I mean, he's, I think he's definitely capable because he's fought in stand-up fighters like Jorge Masvidal and stuff in the past. And he had a super famous win against Robbie Lawler, who's a beast at striking. So I think he can handle himself. Yeah. I think it's interesting that he decided to pick a wrestling UFC fighter to yeah. have a boxing match with. I think... A lot of the fans definitely a decision he made on purpose, though. Yeah, a lot Um, of the fans wanted it because because of his personality. Oh, okay. Um, I'm really excited to see what the lines are going to be and see (laughs) how much Askren is going to be favored. And I think if if it's if Jake Paul's sitting there at like plus seven hundred, I might. Dude, no, I was about to. Okay, I I don't think it'll be that much plus seven hundred, (laughs) but. If Ben Askren is like minus two hundred or anything less, I'm fucking hammering it. Yeah, that's true. He, he, I mean, he can't be any worse than Nate Robinson. Yeah. So Nate Robinson's ugh, that was that was rough to see. I mean, Nate Robinson's a lot a lot smaller. All right, everybody. That's all the time we have for today. Thanks for listening to me and I've been. Oh, I forgot to mention the beginning podcast. I've been sick for the past couple days. I don't have COVID. I got tested, but that's why I've been coughing like a smoker for the past 30 years. So thank you for bearing through that. (laughs) All right. Well, next time we're going to talk more about the Super Bowl. And uh, make sure you guys stay tuned and follow along with our gambling edition of the podcast. We're going to have a super focused episode on all the superlatives in the Super Bowl and all the exciting fun picks and stuff like that. It's going to be a good time. Alright, thanks for listening guys. See you next time.